if you put your mind to something, it's not going to be easy, but you can get there. Um, don't just give up from the first try because the most successful people in the world, some of them have tried thousands of times. Yeah. And the thousand and tenth time is when they got a yes and then they became the person who they are. They've been rejected. They've been told, you're not going to make it. It's impossible, blah, blah, blah. But they ended up where they are because they pushed. They kept on pushing. Today's episode is a continuation of the conversation previously started. We'll be exploring further the world of entrepreneurship together with our special guest, Osman Touré, the CEO of Pioneers, a social enterprise focusing on building new opportunities in the developing world through sustainability, eco-friendly architecture, engineering and technology. We'll be reflecting on the entrepreneurship journey, career change, collaboration, education, and of course, future perspectives. Let's dive right into it. Hey there, and welcome to a Cup of Change podcast. I'm Adriana Nitu, and this is the show where we'll discuss stories on leadership, climate, and change, shifting the conversation one cup at a time. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already, and let's get into it. I started off with uh, the love for technical drawing and, and I was really good at mathematics and physics. Um, and I always liked seeing stuff being built. I always liked building things um, from, a, from a very young age. So that's what got me into um, wanting to do something with construction. So um, I decided to take up a a diploma in you know construct engineering and construction and then went on through university um studied civil engineering um and then interestingly i ended up enjoying the project management side of things more than the engineering so um within the engineering field i did more of like managing the deliverables and looking at the, the tasks that need to be done and keeping track of the time and the quality and the scope and the cost. So that's what pushed me into, you know, ending up doing engineering project management instead. Um, from there, I've also, interestingly, um, done a lot of youth work, like volunteering, working with young people. And I, I was still young working with young people <laughs> so, <laughs> at the age of 12, 13, 14, working with groups of like four or 500 other young people, um, taking up responsibilities, going out to um, villages and towns, um, sensitizing people about issues, um, talking to them about, you know, health and prevention and, uh, you know, teenage issues cleaning up areas to raise money to do other stuff. So a lot of charity stuff. And I got to travel um, across the African region and, and in Europe as well to, to meet other youths, to discuss issues that were, you know, issues that including climate change. So um, I think I had a light bulb moment where I thought there are issues, there's a lot of things going on. One of them is climate change how can i help tackle climate change as an engineer and as a project manager so it kind of made sense with the the engineering the giving back and 
the, the current situation to form like an organization that would use engineering to solve climate change. <laughs> so that's how everything kind of, you know, made sense in the end. And that's why they say everything happens for a reason and everything you go through leads you to like the final where you are now because you always have the the, the, the why. So that's what led me to the finals now. And here we are yeah. talking to you. That's so beautiful. <laughs> But wait, you are from Africa, from you are from Gambia and you did your studies in the UK. Uh, what did motivated you to study there? Of course, many reasons, but is there a particular reason for that? So, um, interestingly, so I, I, I see myself as lucky because I was actually born in the UK. Okay. But at the age of nine, my parents moved back home to Gambia. So I moved back to Gambia with them at an age where, you know, it's easy to pick up languages, it's easy to just blend in. So I just went in and then, you you know, most people wouldn't even know because I blended so much into the Gambian community that it's like, you wouldn't even be able to tell. So that's why naturally at, after high school, I just came back to the UK and chose to study in the UK. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Like you, you got us, but like the British way, how to say, the British way of living and doing things. Yeah, the best of both. So, you know, little childhood in the UK up to the age of nine and then the rest from like nine till the teenage years in Gambia. So it's it was like experiencing both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, okay, now going back to your enterprise, what um, what like what were some of the challenges that you went through? Um, when you basically wanted to put this all together and... Um, it took a lot of planning and failures because people think that it's easy to just come up with an idea and a concept, but it's not. And sometimes you start with one thing and then you end up, you know, cancelling it and changing and adjusting. And uh, in, <laughs> you'd be interested that my uh, my first attempt was just mainly on dealing with the problem of project management in Africa okay. and the reasons why people always go over budget <laughs> um, because obviously there's not the, the management procedures and processes aren't in place. So you could say this is going to cost a thousand pounds and you end up spending 10 and you wonder why, but it's because, you know, and sometimes down to the detail of not even having a contract with the person who's working for you to yeah. say these are the terms and you have to deliver it. So it's very up in the air. So anyone, you know, you don't have any proof to say that you paid someone or this is what they have to deliver. So you end up. So that's what I started first. And I tried, but um, I don't know. I think the message or the import, the significance wasn't really acknowledged. And I thought, hmm, maybe I need to rethink again and come up with something else that's maybe more meaningful than just helping people with that particular problem. So um, I sort of, you know, that was cancelled, readjusted. Um, with Fineers, at first, it was mainly looking at um, just designing houses, you know, um, just looking at the designs, how to make them more sustainable. And then it kind of opened up into you know, the, the wider, like bigger projects and, and, and stuff. And then also 
the most important thing was knowing about setting up a business or startups and what you need to do and registration and, and all of those things. Um, there's not, you know, they don't teach you these things in school. So you yeah. have to do research <laughs> and look for people who've done something similar and see how they've done it and watch a lot of YouTube videos yeah. <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah, so there was a lot of changes and adjustments. But, you know, I'm thankful where we're happy where we are now. And I'm sure that there'll be more. But at least the, the most important thing is the mission is clear and that won't change. Yeah. Everything else that goes around it will change or be adjusted based on the need. But the mission is is very clear. Yeah, exactly. Like in another one of my episodes, uh, I talked to a designer and she said the same. Like the values that you have, you shouldn't trade them. Because that's especially when you do something meaningful and then when you do something that makes a good impact for communities and for people, we kind of have to, of course, it's a fight because there's so many different interests around and the status quo and the bottom line and all these things. But at the end of the day, yeah, staying true to this mission, I think is the most important as well. And also what you said about school, I'm I'm really, I'm sad for that in a way because we are told that those things we are learning are the ones that are going to lead us where we need to be. But we don't talk about the things that matter. We don't talk about taxes. We don't talk about like finance management and stuff like that. Of course, it's not all about that. But at the end of the day, we without those, like we are told we need a job, but at the same time, we are not told what to do with the money and how to actually, yeah, take care of everything yeah. and save up and all these things. Exactly. Now moving on to another point, because that's how we actually met as well. Like in your social enterprise, you, you value a lot the cooperation and collaboration with others. How do you see collaboration when it comes to climate action? Um, so that's a very good question. Um, <laughs> makes me happy. So, <laughs> um, I think so. W one thing I, I I didn't I forgot to mention as well in in um, as as well as watching YouTube, I read a lot of books as well from people who have successfully set up businesses and their um, take on the world we're in today. And there was a very interesting book called the entrepreneur's revolution by daniel priestley and he explained something that i really believe in as well that um in this generation we have a lot of global small businesses and you can have a business that's worth millions or billions but a small team of four or five people and the reason why that small group can make so much money is because they collaborate so before where you'd have a company like, you know, you'd have your finance team and your design team and your lawyers and everything in one company. Now you outsource everything. Yeah. So I know I'm good at design and I need finance services. So I go to another global small business that provides the finance services who are providing finance services for a hundred others. If, if you know, so yeah. the collaboration and, and the beauty is um, it saves you time from having to create everything and every single system. And where I want to focus on, you know, integrating ideas and bringing things together, 
I know that if I need windows, there's someone out there who has a really good concept or a really good idea of how to make windows from a recycled material. So instead of trying to do it myself, yeah. I'm better off bringing that person in. And if I need the same for doors, the same for bricks, the same for foundation solutions. So in the end, you have a project with so many cool ideas from people and we all grow together. Yeah. And that's the power of collaboration, especially in these times now. Yeah. I, I think especially when it comes to sustainability, there's a lot of car companies, either big corporations or small mm -hmm. companies, startups, that are like really trying to do, like to make a change in their industry, to implement new ideas and stuff like that. But we talk a lot about like these silos, like we are only going to work with, within our team and within our organization. And we won't share it with anybody. But the problem, the problems, the climate problem is a global problem. It's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And somehow, as you said as well, right? Rather take an idea and like improve that idea that somebody else like developed in a way. Because of course, we we can all, this, all of us work on the same idea, but rather really making one, one idea work from beginning to the end and i think that's also a huge challenge to find to find right we we were talking the other day about forming teams and um, yeah. finding people that are having this interest and are genuine about the cause and are dedicated and at the same time um really on the same page i don't know how to put it into words which of course is difficult Yeah, exactly. So if you have your smaller team that have shared the same values and beliefs, then it's easier to manage the manage your you know reputation and everything. And you can easily bring in other teams when you need them. And it's easy. And like if you're looking to solve global problems, someone in South America can't really help you in Asia. Yeah. So, you know, because they have to maybe study and so it's easier if you have people all over across and eventually you'd have people saying hey this is what i can do and you know you just keep them in mind because you never know <laughs> yeah we we talked about sustainability and we talked about the mission and the passion if we speak about like this very moment in your passions what is one like the area you're curious and you're learning uh, at the moment? Um, I think the, 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 the thing that I look into most is materials. Yeah. Materials, um, options, looking at ways of coming up with solutions that don't cause more harm to the environment, you know, and it depends on the area. So, you know, again, if you check out Mr. YouTube, um, <laughs> you could see in in asia somewhere there could be um you know a lot of bamboo for example so it's sustainable to use bamboo maybe to make houses or other things and there's so many cool things that they've made but then compared to that maybe in australia there's not so much bamboo so it's not sustainable to make the same thing so it's interesting how people have always naturally for the past hundreds and thousands of years used what they had to make things and it seems like 
um, my major concern is most people are ignoring those technologies and sticking to one thing, which is mainly like cement and concrete. And it's being sent everywhere in the world where, um, and people aren't really, they've forgotten about the good things that they're blessed with that could actually help them develop themselves. Um, so yeah, materials is the biggest thing I'm looking into now. Just curious about knowing what good stuff is out there. So, cause um, that's pretty much in line with what we want to do. Now, if we if we go a little bit back into the entrepreneurship part, right? Um, we find that it's a bit difficult to mix your passions and what you like with uh, what you actually have to do. At the end of the day, we all have to work and we all have to do things. Um, but some people, as you and as many others, they found their answer through entrepreneurship. How do you see that? Of course, like you're still at the beginning and you're still like having a lot of projects going on and stuff like that. Um, how do you see it developing actually from here? So you're, you're right. And I think what, you know, there's a saying that goes, if you do what you love, then you never work a day in your life. <laughs> and listening to that in the beginning, you'd be like, yeah, people just get, you know, those people are lucky because you're doing something because, you know, you're doing something you love and getting paid for it. But those people actually worked hard to get where they got to. And it could be through sports, which is one option. Like yeah. a football player, the best tennis player, the best golf player. They don't just win awards. Like They train hard. They've worked hard from when they were really young. They've sacrificed. Their parents have sacrificed stuff to get them. Because if you want to be the best, you have to work harder than everyone else. So if you're not someone who does sports, now the second option <laughs> is, um, you know, we all have something. And it's interesting because you could see uh, an engineer, for example, who loves music. Yeah. And that means the passion is music. Yeah. You know, or you could see a lawyer who loves ballet. Yeah. <laughs> so the passion is ballet. And there's so many times when you read, you see those people, will take that bold move and stop the profession and go into the passion and they work and they just push and the lawyer eventually becomes the founder of an online ballet lessons company yeah. and that's entrepreneurship and that's the beauty and it's not easy because at the time you're a lawyer you probably have a good salary you have a good job and the safest option for you and your family would be like stay you have a good job you have a good this you have a good that why are you thinking of stopping this you know why do you want to do ballet it's ballet it's not <laughs> and you know and it's this it's consistent where people shift from the work to pay the bills to the passion through entrepreneurship yeah and it's amazing how successful they become by ignoring the noise by taking making sacrifices and making decisions that someone normal would not do because they'd be like this guy is crazy yeah and then they end up being at a place where they are doing what they love and making money for it from it yeah but uh, well, you just mentioned noise right like really um people fearing change themselves for you in a way and 
I've tried to reflect on that so many times because there's everywhere. It doesn't matter what decision you make. Somehow in the eyes of others, it's just not good enough. You're crazy, yeah. Yeah, and that slows you down a bit. I I, I think it's mm-hmm. it's not a big challenge, but of course it's one of the challenges. If you you said the ballet uh, story, right? Like you know you want to do that. You know you want to stay focused, and you know that's the that's the right call for you, and that's gonna make you happy as well. Um, but how to really stay persistent and diligent to towards getting to where you need to go? Yeah. That's and ignoring the noise because sometimes the noise comes from people very close to you. Yeah. And you have to be bold and take that because if you don't, it could ruin your 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 dream. And I'm not saying to people that they should just be stubborn and no. just leave something because you have it has to be done in a in a in a in a a sustainable way and you have to take you know, take your steps to know exactly what you're getting into what you need get all the information so for some for a long time you'll be doubling up yeah you'll be doing one thing but then you're planning for some your exit is is being cooked uh but at some point you have to let go because you can't do a hundred percent on both so just do it smartly make sure you know everything you need to know about you know for, for the ballet example about starting an online ballet lesson thing and you know everything you need, you get the help, advice, and then that's it. But if you just stop your job and say, I'm here, ballet, here I am, without preparing, then that is not a very good move. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm also hearing, you know, a lot because for a very long time, we're like used to this social like norm that, okay, you have to find your job or career or whatever you're doing and you have to stick with that for the rest of your life or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then there's these people that are saying like, hey, you need to have two jobs, at least two options in your life. You have to have one that provides for you and you need to have one that makes you happy. But then there's the third kind of people that are trying to really mix those two and to make life easier and happier, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Like from reading, uh, I'll share another secret, like, I used to hate reading. You know, hate is a strong <laughs> word, but I had no patience for reading things and focusing on a piece of paper. And that's why I I like maths and physics because it didn't really need you to like look at a piece of paper for long because I'd get dizzy. I'd be like, Ugh. and then I found out that you know if you are passionate about something or finding out about something, you would read. Like you wouldn't even know. I would. I was eventually like looking for information, and I'd sit there reading, and I'm like, "Wow, this is not me." But it's because the, you know, and that's why going into university is not a bad thing. But if you go in with a passion, and you know exactly what you want to get out, and it's connected with your purpose. Like if I went to university now, for a sustainability whatever, I would. Enjoy, I would love being there. I would be like, wow, tell me everything you, 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 I need all of the information you have. I'll do, I'll read anything because the, you know, but the, 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 the conventional way is just people finish high school, college, finish college, university, and there's no passion there or no choice. And you just get in 
and kind of like you know and it's different yeah i think it's this you know like by 24 you have to finish your school then you get the house and family and then exactly. bam, that's it and you just follow the trend and it's like i'm working now uh, you know and it's just like what is expected yeah but the second you're trying to do something different okay well, I've uh, re- recently found out uh, about this uh, like way of going to school in a way uh, called unschooling. Actually, it's is really like children that have the space to actually find their passions and to do what mm-hmm. they like and to discover mm-hmm. themselves and to travel as well. And mm-hmm. rather than just staying in school and yeah, like doing the conventional way. Of course, there's like pros and cons to everything and it's debatable and it depends a lot of of course on the support and the privilege not everybody can not everybody afford to do those things but at the same time it's actually I think for me it's a hope that yeah we should give space to like the new generations if we didn't have those spaces we should give them the spaces to grow this way and to go to school or do whatever, but try many things and really find that thing that passionates them. I I, I, I agree. There's a, 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 a TED talk I watched and I'm trying to, to remember if the school is in... There's a school made of bamboo. Yeah. And I think it's in Thailand or Indonesia, somewhere around there. And in that school, the kids don't have uh, like an agenda. It's not like a normal school. And they learn about nature and they develop themselves. And you see kids like nine, ten, and they're speaking three, four different languages. And they know, you know, because they have an open, um, open way of learning. Yeah. And they learn what they need to know, but it's very different. And they're building stuff in that school and they're planting, uh, you know. So it's very, it's a very good project. I'm, I'm trying to remember where it is, but it, I'll, I'll send you the. The, the information it's a really cool school and it's not expensive because it's you know they live there they grow their own food they manage their own facilities and everything so yeah it's, it's a really cool school for someone to go to, to I, appreciate life i think those things are so inspiring it's it's just like you kind of really understand like i've been raised in the city i when i was a kid i was uh living in the countryside with my grandparents but then I live, li- lived in the city and I never really understood the value of like a fresh tomato and like really yeah, having your own garden and eating what you're growing and all these things that really give value. And I found these through sustainability, like it really mm-hmm. changed for me the way I, I look into things. And to be honest, I, yeah. I found so many communities around the world that actually do those things and it's not expensive as you said as well of course to get there you go in the jungle or you go yeah who knows where but the same time to just stay there and to really discover hey there's there's more to to life than just streets and buildings and yeah pollution and cars and trains and, and buses and pollu- yeah, pollution yeah mm-hmm. exactly if we look towards the future right, for the next generations that are coming and us trying to send a message out there and to help them get towards this direction. What would you tell them? So 
the key thing I normally tell the, the school kids that I talk to, um, I introduce myself, I introduce my background and how I have gotten to where I am. So that's one highlighting that if you put your mind to something, it's not going to be easy, but you can get there. Um, don't just give up from the first try because the most successful people in the world, some of them have tried thousands of times. Yeah. And the thousand and tenth time is when they got a yes and then they became the person who they are. They've been rejected. They've been told, you're not going to make it. It's impossible, blah, blah, blah. But they ended up where they are because they pushed. They kept on pushing. And that's driven by the passion, the belief in them, which is more powerful than any rejection that they get. Um, for kids, I normally use Walt Disney because everyone knows Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you watch his movie, that guy really struggled and worked hard to get his first cartoon out. And you see Disneyland now and it's like, you know, yeah, it's... that guy really struggled, like really, really struggled. So one, you know, don't just give up. Don't think about the barriers or what what couldn't happen. Think about what would happen when you get there and just go. Secondly, um, we all have something that we're passionate about. And talking to a science student, you don't have to end up doing science. You know that you love something. It takes time. As a kid, you know, you play around. You, you, you like Some kids like building things. Some kids like running, exercise, you know, different things. But that thing that you love is a tool that you can use to actually make a positive change in the world. And we all have a different passion. If I like running, I could use running to raise money to solve a homeless situation. If I like riding bikes, I could ride bikes. I could start a bike charity or a company that actually rides bikes to produce solar energy to solve a, an energy problem somewhere. So no matter what you do or what you love, there is something that you could do with that to actually change a problem that you've seen or experience or that you you're passionate about you could you know if you maybe you've lost someone from from a disease like cancer or something and you say i don't want anyone else to go through the same thing and you love you know yeah. cycling yeah. connects the two things so that's the second one is your passion can actually be your tool to solve one of the world problems. It doesn't have to be climate change. Yeah, it can be <laughs> justice. It can be anything. Exactly. So everyone and everyone collectively doing their part yeah. would make the world a better place. Yeah, we have so many problems, definitely. We have so many exactly. challenges and we need everybody on board. Everybody doing their small part. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. So it's my favorite quote because the moment you say, oh, these people are annoying because they do this or this, just flip it and be the person that you don't want to see. Yeah, exactly. Start from you. Um, yeah. And then thirdly, there are some important things that we didn't learn in school um, the, 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 the journey of becoming an entrepreneur, the, the, like you said, financial management, financial awareness, what is a credit score? 
what you know what is a savings <laughs> account what is an asset and a liability and stuff yeah try and find out about those things as early as you can because even if you push to be successful in whatever business you do if you don't have the basics of managing money and stuff you'll fail yeah there's <laughs> It's going to be very difficult. Yeah, it's going to be hard. So yeah. find out that information. Read, like, reading saved my life. Yeah. One book led to another and another and another. So don't be like me before and hate <laughs> reading. Read. That's, but, yeah. That's read. very beautiful. Yeah, that's very beautiful. I think about reading, there's also this thing, you know, in school you're given these books. Okay, read this book or... Yeah, it's for the exam, it's very important. But there's really not a lot of space where you can actually study something that you, like read something that you really like. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that comes as well with this slowing down your process, right? To find really those things that really give you the, the plus. But now if we look towards the future for you and for the firm, and because at the time when we are recording, it's still December. We are still in 2020. Um, yeah, what are you planning for 2021? Okay. Um, there, are, there are two things um, that I can talk about now. The, the first one is um, my biggest concern is um, housing in, in the developing parts of the world from my experience of seeing it. And it's a very serious problem where you have more people, population growth, but not enough housing. And there's a concern for the price, considering that in the developing parts of the world, you know, people can't afford yeah. um, many things. So let alone affording a house for a family of 10 living in a one bedroom apartment, you know, and it's common. It's not good, but it's common. So solving that is one thing. Um, that problem and that's how the whole sustainability comes in because if you use what you have in your area then it reduces the amount of money uh, that would have been used for importing cement and importing all of the stuff that would make it too expensive Um, it would also promote tradition social fabric um, and stuff employment opportunities The second one is being very influential with developers. There are many development projects happening in developing parts of the world. Unfortunately, it's not being done in a sustainable manner. The moment you you hear of a hundred house housing estate, you know that there's hundreds of trees that will be chopped down with no regard to the consequences. Um, the animals, the natural habitat will all be cleared with it. They yeah. will all die. There will be less rainfall. So many different issues. People don't care. But maybe it's because of the awareness. So no. to really raise awareness and influence those projects so that at least there's some things can be saved and the natural habitat can actually exist within that housing project, which will actually make it quite cool. There will be shade, you know, natural shade from trees. Yeah animals running around here and there but you just see dry concrete areas like just areas that have were forests a year ago 
change into a concrete jungle. And it's super sad. It's super sad that those things, you know, a lot of these big development projects, like they talk about CSR and they talk about all these initiatives, but there's like definitely the triple bottom line. We talk about environmental and social aspects. Some of these aspects are not really taken into consideration when it comes to those projects. And there's so many interests, right? But the last interest, the last set of interests that it's important is the community. And that's forgotten. And we need to fight back. We definitely need to find those yeah. those projects and we have to see what we can do. I know there's yeah. this is just talk right now, but there's a lot of people around the world with organizations trying to find solutions for these, signing petitions and talking to the people that are in power and telling them like, hey, this is happening. And yeah, maybe they will say no to you because you're one, but if you gather a bigger group of people, they can't ignore you. They will have to do something about it because at the end of the day, the people in power have to serve the communities. They have to serve the people. And I think it's been so unbalanced for many, many years. And of course, like I'm still finding out things and learning about things and also looking back to the history because the more I find out the present, I think the more it sends me back to the past and I'm amazed that many of these things have actually happened already and somehow we repair the same mistakes. And it is just... This is just sending a message that, hey, new generation, I know we're, yeah, everybody's going through a lot, but we got to open our minds and eyes a little bit wider and listen more both towards what's happening at the moment, but what happened in the past and try to make better decisions for the future, right? Amen. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to be the change that we want to see. Instead of just sitting down complaining, we're actually trying to come up with solutions. And at the same time, run an entrepreneurship. And that's beautiful. If you can get to a point where you're 100% focused on making a positive change, putting in the 40 hours that you would have put into your day job, um, into this and just solving issues for people, just making the world a better place, saving the 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 the, the animals. Like I, I love watching uh, nature <laughs> shows, showing like the different animals and different areas, and it's nice to see. But I worry that they won't there won't be any natural forest anymore if we carry on the way that we're carrying on. Yeah. So I love you know people like Sir David Attenborough and all of his shows. His recent one that was showing how um, the earth has changed from, I think, 66% forest to like it's currently 33% natural habitat now from he, when he was a little boy. And he's 94 now. Yeah, oh my God. And yeah. he has another one that he's about to release now. And I just love watching his... You see animals and it's it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think it's beautiful. I've... I've seen it too as well and it's it's just like breaking breaking my heart because a lot of those yeah. things like we can see them now a bit of course like there's there's a big difference between what it was 20 years ago 30 40 50 years ago and what's now and what it will be in the future and yeah. 
right? The big definition of sustainability is about preserving those things for the future generations. But at the same time, it's we need to see the bigger picture. And somebody was saying that we have to find solutions for short term in a big term, like with a long term focus. Otherwise, it's just going to be focusing on the long term. But then what are we doing right now? Rather doing doing something right small and then contributing to the bigger wider picture yeah yeah no that's 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 right like in 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 africa for example they need more hospitals now they need more homes now they need more schools now they need more everything now considering that the current you know the current infrastructure is overstretched the natural habitat has taken a hit already yeah and it's needed now not in the future but now and then between now and the next 30 years over half of the population growth will go to Africa as well. Yeah. So two issues that are like, you know, there's more people coming, already damaged. How do we walk with a broken leg? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, you like, how do you make these things to be sustainable? Because you need them now, right? You is the urgency. We need to find solutions right now. Now. And that's why I think what you said earlier, right? Finding local, like really immediate solutions that are like already available. It's it's everywhere. It's out there. And we also have the people that know how to work with this. You just have to find them, talk to them, bring them to the discussion table. And okay, how how can we do it? How Where we can go from here? I think there's no more time for anybody to just, okay, balance things out and see, okay, but if we do that, will we actually get back this? It's really about providing what we need to be provided and to find our solutions. Um, we are approaching the end of this episode and I would like to thank you so much for being here and I'm really looking forward to see what uh, what you're preparing for 2021. I know there's a lot of nice and interesting things coming, um, but uh, thanks again for being here. No problem. It's it's my pleasure and um, all the best with the rest of the, the show and hopefully maybe when we catch up again, yeah. there'll be more updates. Definitely, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the future. Before sharing my takeaways from this episode, I really wanted to say this. As it is already mentioned, some of those episodes have been pre-recorded before the launch of this podcast. I was still learning and trying to understand how to practically conduct an interview, but also how to do it in a podcast format. To be super honest, I see a lot of things that could have been done differently at every episode. I do sometimes tend to be overly critical with things I do, but then I remind myself that I'm still growing and learning so much only by doing this podcast. I do want to see the progression in time, and that was actually my point from the very beginning. Whatever I don't like, I write it down and promise to apply it for future episodes. However, I created this space on adrenalinitude.com podcast where you can leave a comment, send suggestions or feedback. That would help me tremendously to improve any future content. Anyhow, without spending too much time on this now, as I'm planning to have a special episode soon with some behind the scenes of podcasting, I have two takeaways I'd like to share. First, 
How can we use our background without turning our lives completely upside down, but find a way to contribute or support actively issues that one cares about? It can be climate change, social justice, or all others. We got a bunch of them for sure. And number two, when we talk about entrepreneurship, it's important to remind ourselves that it will not be easy. We do always have to strive to be on top of our game, to learn constantly and from our previous mistakes, and to be consistent. Also, finding people that share the same beliefs and contributes to our mission can be a separate fight on its own. What are your takeaways? Let me know whichever way fits you best, by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, emailing, commenting under the show notes, or recording audio through Anchor.fm. If you'd like to hear more about what Osman is up to, you can find him on his website pioneers.com and also on LinkedIn and Medium. All the links and resources are available in the show notes with the link in the description. As always, make sure to subscribe to this show so we can continue exploring even more inspiring stories like this. And thanks for tuning in. We'll meet each other for a new episode very soon.